Did you hear that tone? It might sound like I'm leaving you a voicemail, but actually, I'm alerting you to a special episode. My name is Brace. This, of course, is the True and On podcast, hosted by myself, Liz Franzak, and Young Chomsky. Uh, and uh, today is an interview with uh, with Nico Walker, uh, who wrote the book Cherry. And uh, yeah, I think we should uh, we should just rev up the engines and drive into the garage, shut the door, start the engine once again, and uh, and just drift off. Welcome to NPR's The Book Firing Line, where we take one author every week, put them up against the wall, and put a bullet in their fucking brain. With us today, we have Nico Walker. Nico, how you doing? I'm doing well, Brace. Thank you for having me. Of course. Um, Nico, I think for those... So Nico wrote a book called Fucking Cherry. They made a fucking movie out of it, blah, blah, blah. For those who, uh, mo- we did a survey and 95% of our audience hasn't read not only a book, but even the back of a cereal carton. And so what's what's your deal? Where are you from? What are, what are you doing here? Why are you on the show? Okay, yeah. Um, I wrote a book called Cherry. Uh, I wrote it in prison. I guess that was kind of the thing that they really sold it on. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. I was in prison in Kentucky for long, uh, for pretty much all of the last decade uh was released uh half released in october of 2019 got out of the halfway house just in time for the pandemic the big lockdown uh yeah no i was very lucky though got the book published with uh with knopf uh came out in august of 2018 uh was picked up for uh I guess the film rights, would you say, would, yeah, were yeah, picked yeah, up yeah. and uh, was turned into a major, major motion picture is uh, being released right now, I suppose, streaming on Apple TV+. Plus. <laughs> you know, shout out to Apple. Thanks for everything. Thanks for the memories. But anyway, yes, yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's a trip, though, you know. Uh, got Tom Holland, Spider-Man. He's the star. I, listen, I don't know. I, I, I saw that. I, I saw the preview. I got to say, doesn't look like... Uh, I read the book. Doesn't exactly look a lot like the book. Tom Holland looks exactly like you, so they got that part down. Um, but something I found kind of interesting is they. Ha- it's like they, it's kind of like painted as like a war movie in some parts. And like you were in, you were in the army, that's right? True. You were in the Iraq war. That's, uh, that's and, true. Uh, and, and you were a medic. That's true. Why? would you become a medic? Because you don't necessarily, to me, you know, far be it for me to judge a book by its cover, you don't exactly look like a medical man. Is that right? I don't know. Seemed, uh, you know, seemed like the best, the best job you could have, I guess. You know, it's like, I'm not, I'm not good with, you know, mechanical things. So yeah. that, that ruled out, you know, anything like that. I'm, you know, I'm kind of soft. I'm not really... You know, I'm not much of a killer, so I couldn't really do that. And uh, it seems seemed like an all right thing to do. Also, I was colorblind. Yeah, I'm and colorblind. Yeah, it was, the, it was the job that you could have if you were colorblind. You could be a healthcare specialist. I signed up as a healthcare specialist, in all fairness. <laughs> you know, people are like, what were you thinking? You're crazy. I mean, I thought 
I don't know. I pictured something like a hospital. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Walter Reed, you know, maybe someplace in Germany, mm-hmm. nine to five. Pharmacist. So, yeah, whatever, you name it. But uh, anyway, ended up, you know, going through my medical training, 14 weeks of medical training. So that's that's plenty of time to learn yeah, everything yeah, yeah. that you would need to know. And I was told to go overseas. You know, I, I got done with training and uh, got my orders for uh, 4th Infantry Division. Uh, well, when I was still in medical, what, medic school yeah. in San Antonio, and they were the uh, next division going to Iraq. So I became a medic, got done with training, and then you know a month and a half later, I was uh, deployed to, Jesus. to Iraq. So yeah, I got to, uh, I got to the Middle East uh, right after Thanksgiving. Uh, 2005 and I enlisted the previous January so it all happened real fast it was it was it was fairly sudden but yeah they weren't they weren't all that stuff about a hospital and everything nah, bunch that, of bullshit it was it was a yeah. lot of bullshit yeah they they said it was sweet it wasn't yeah yeah, yeah. well that's this is you know in our conversations uh you have you have been very vocal about your anti-war beliefs, and I assume many of those came to you while you were over there in Iraq. Yeah, that's true. Uh, yeah, I mean, I was, I wasn't. Uh, I don't know. I think what it is, right? For those of us who you know have grown up in the United States of America, I mean, especially in the '90s, like I think we all did pretty much. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. Uh, it was different then. I think there was this kind of a assumption that like you know you know whatever vietnam was sort of an anomaly but normally you know we're the good guys yeah I guess, yeah, yeah. You know? i mean you had panama grenada you know it wasn't the internet you got the official version back yeah, then yeah the, the yeah. cbs nbc abc version of the world you know uh as far as like I don't know, America knowing it as, uh, or the United States, you know, knowing it as, or recognizing the fact that it's just kind of like this extremely aggressive, uh, imperialist yes. <laughs> uh, entity that's yeah. just kind of like... The bad guys. Just devouring the world. Yeah. 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 I mean, yeah. I mean, we get the... We give the the Third Reich a, a run for its money. Yeah, I mean, I, yeah, I would say that we're sort of just an extension out of that, kind of born out of the Reich. Yeah, sort of. I guess we we kind of yeah took we, them in. We ate it and fucking you know <laughs> became part of it. Yeah, so so it's real. Yeah, I mean, but there, it wasn't something that I don't know. It just didn't. It wasn't something that you really uh, really were very aware of, you know. I wasn't, I guess. Uh, maybe there were people who were, but I was a little bit slow on the uptake, you know. Especially, I, I was telling somebody the other day about, like, there are these things in Iraq, you know, because uh, I was at a forward operating base, like we were talking about yeah, last yeah. night. You know, it wasn't the place where they had Burger King yeah, and Seattle's yeah. Best Coffee. It was kind of, I guess, on the frontier a little bit, a little bit further out. And so if you wanted to buy, like, you know, some cigarettes or something, you would go to something called a haji shop. Yeah, yeah. Which was uh, like a little plywood shack on the fob and you could, you know, buy a carton of Miami's there for $5 or something, right? But they also had like bootleg DVDs and I remember we, we got loose loose change, right? <laughs> and it's me and like five other guys and we're sitting in this in this room 
you know, on this fob, you know, with sandbags all over the roof and stuff. And, you know, we're watching Loose Change and it gets done and we're like, oh, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> oh, incredible. I, it's, it's funny that they had a version of it out there. It makes sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah it was yeah, probably, yeah. yeah, I don't know. It's a, <laughs> who knows, maybe... Maybe Iran planted loose change. In the <laughs> yeah, they, air, they <laughs> airdropped copies of it. Yeah, who knows? Was it? But yeah, so no, I mean, I had uh, I had grown up around the military uh, somewhat. I mean, my mom's stepfather was uh, career military, and I spent a lot of time uh, with her people. Uh, so you know, they would shop at like the PX and stuff. And he had been whatever in twenty years, and then got out and got a job at like Nabisco or something. But mm-hmm. he was still, you know, he was still real kind of connected to to the military. And uh, so, I mean, I just kind of had like, uh, I don't know, like, a, you know, a personal history with it where I sort of saw it as something different. I didn't see it as like, you know, this kind of face, faceless machine. You yeah. Know? I, I, you know, I just kind of been around kind of like, you know, the people themselves and, and see, you know, just kind of, whatever seen him up close so there yeah. wasn't a wasn't really much of a i don't know mystery about it it was something i knew as far as like the rest of it goes i mean i didn't i didn't know about all the cynical uh, you know goings on in washington and the kind of yeah. whatever the fuck deals that they make and all that so and i think at the time you know again uh you know, not being a very smart guy, <laughs> I suppose, you know, not, yeah, yeah. not or, you know, kind of just, I guess, having this really kind of uh, egocentric view of the world, you know, it's just kind of like I never really put myself in the shoes of, you know, I don't know, somebody living in the Middle East, for yeah, instance, yeah, and just yeah. how just uh, insanely uh outrageous and absurd it is this idea that like it's straight for just us to occupy another place and you know gun people down the craziest thing about it i think is like they tell you oh it's like one thing they keep telling you in the military in the u.s army mind you is they always kind of they refer to the people in the middle east say a place like iraq and they'd be like oh but they're different than us yeah they don't value human life yeah yeah yeah, (laughs) they don't value human life and it's just like Man, if that isn't the the pot calling the kettle black, you know? Exactly, yeah, because it's not like, you know, they're they're parading through our towns just fucking taking pot shots at dogs and little kids and stuff and then being like, well, you know, Americans, they, they view life and death dif- differently. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. That, that's, that's, that's something that, like, I mean, in the book especially, you know, we talk about the whole, the whole, you know, what I got out of reading about the fucking sections here in Iraq, it's just like, seems just like violent and pointless and and fucked up yeah and that's that seems to describe basically everybody because i had some friends that 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 went out there and then i later met some guys later in life who've been out there and uh none of them felt like they were doing anything that um was bringing any good into the world no i think you know um you know most people i think their intentions are good you know they're just doing what they think they're supposed to do it's like you know i was saying before we started rolling is you had that steady diet of that whole like greatest generation thing you know and it's like you know whatever you were gonna grow up and you were gonna like you were just you didn't know them but you were gonna you were gonna learn things you were gonna be it was gonna kind of make you into something you know going through that and doing what you had to do and I don't know, and, and I guess 
you know, probably it was just a coincidence and there wasn't any sort of like, you know, plan being carried out or anything, but they were just steady, you know, jacking us off about all that hero shit, you know? It's like you go, you're flying back to Atlanta and like people are clapping. Yeah. It's just like, Jesus Christ. The Walmart wall of heroes. Yeah, I mean, it's just, it's, it's nuts. And uh, I like to think that I didn't buy into it, but I don't know, whatever, I got to tell myself to sleep at night. But, you know, uh, it's it's just, when you think, I mean, uh, you know how it is. I mean, it's, uh, to say that, like, someone, uh, uh, that someone would be heroic, you know, were they to, you know, be a soldier or something, you know, and that you're, like, putting yourself in harm's way, I think, when you really have an understanding of what's going on in places like that is, I mean, being in being in uniform, especially in American uniform, is probably the safest uh, position that you yeah, could occupy. Yeah. I mean, it's, uh, you know, you talk about danger. And I mean, it's dangerous. And people were, you know, people were killed and we went over there and we knew that people were going to get killed. And it wasn't like if somebody were killed, it was when and how many people that we would lose. But, uh, you know, you had something like, yeah, something that were, you know, there were car bombings where 100, 150 civilians would be killed. Or like even just kind of uh, sort of one that wouldn't even really be you know, I mean, it wouldn't even really move the needle in as much as it was just such a commonplace thing that people, I mean, people would hardly even take notice of it. But, you know, a car bombing, you know, a small car bombing would kill like 11 people, right? And, it, you know, we never had any sort of action when 11 of us were killed in one day. Yeah. And I think in the entire Guat, right, I mean, other than, you know... A number of incidents that you could count on one hand. I don't think there were there were, uh, the there's really been like very many times uh, uh, there was some action where like eleven Americans were killed yeah, in one yeah, day. Yeah, it's, extro yeah. it's extremely rare. And at the same time, you know, for the Iraqis or you know for the Af Afghani's, it's the same way. And well, know, I mean, Liz and I, you know, we did we did a couple of shows on Blackwater. And you know, we're like reading about the Tahrir Square massacre and all that kind of stuff. I've, you know, that's that's not technically the U.S. military, but same fucking thing. You know, um, and that's like, I mean, that got us really uh, on the track of reading about like special forces. Yeah, uh, for sure. I mean, even when uh, when I was in, which is a long time ago now. I mean, it's well, it's, it's almost like fifteen years. Yeah, fifteen yeah. years ago. Um, you know, there's. I guess they kind of gas you up like you're the real thing and then you, you get there and it's like they don't really trust you to do too much. Yeah, If yeah. you're just regular active duty, you know, you can just hang around and guard something. But if something's, you know, I don't know, important, mm -hmm. they're going to be like, all right, you guys, you know, you go cordon this area off and like we're going to send in people who are like, I don't know, who actually know what they're doing. Yeah. They like to kid you a little bit like, you know, whatever, like you're, you know, tough or something. Yeah, yeah. But, um, and then of course, you know, a lot, of, but there's a lot of political aspects to that as well. I mean, you know, those SOCOM sort of units, you know, they're always trying to like fight, they're, they're not, they're always trying to maneuver, outmaneuver one another for these assignments. Yeah, yeah. They want, they, I don't know, they want to get involved. 
And I was like Blackwater. Oh, man, like these Blackwater guys. I only ran into them one time when I was over there. We were at the at this uh, JCC. It was a police station in Karbala, and, you know, Blackwater rolls up, and you know, it's... These guys, they got better gear than us, you know, and they they look a lot more dangerous than we do, too, you know. Like, we're all, like, kids, you know. Yeah. They're all, like, literally kids, and they're all, like, in their 30s and stuff, you know, with, like, you know, whatever. Soul got, patches. Yeah, they got their little goatees. Yeah. And, and, you know, the classic, The classic child killer look is the goatee. That's, like, that's that's a it, real American. And then they got the, the guy who's in charge, you know, he's, like, he looked like something out of, like, the A-team, you know. It's, like, this, you know, like, this old old white man yeah 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 with the like with like the snow white hair you know kind of like a like a almost like a dan quail haircut but he's he looked like actually you know what he looked like he was more like kind of like a televangelist he, yeah he looked yeah. like a televangelist Jimmy Swagger or something. but like wearing like safari gear he was wearing like uh you know like a he didn't have a pith helmet on but he had everything but the pith helmet <laughs> almost it seemed right and he's like you know he kind of there was a guy, he was like kind of like a political liaison from the Special Forces Command. He was there. He kind of uh, was like the political contact there at the police station. He was an American, and the rest were just, you know, Iraqi guys, IAs and IPs, Iraqi Army, Iraqi police, you know. And this guy, they like roll up, you know, and this guy comes in. He's like, you know, is there anything going on? Like, what can we get in? Like, he's like trying to get into some yeah. stuff. He's like, is there absolutely anything that we can stick our dick into and just completely make a massacre of it and fuck yeah, it up? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then yeah, leave yeah. and go is somewhere. Is there like a school near here? Yeah. Or like maybe some kids playing soccer or something that we can go he's mow like, down? Yeah, he's like, is there anybody we can get? Yeah, you know? yeah, like, can yeah, we go, yeah. Because you know of anybody we can go get? Let's get some get something started. You know, I mean, the thing at the, the thing was at the time I said. Uh, you know, I talk about this in the book, kind of pseudonymously or something referring to this city. But, I mean, we we couldn't patrol that city. I mean, it just would have been a total mess because yeah. uh, Karbala was a very important city to the Shia. It, was, uh, it would be like, uh, you know, occupying the Vatican or something. Yeah. Um, Shia Islam was basically born outside of Karbala. It was, uh, what was it? It was... Uh, Ali, I think it was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know the 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 battle, right? Where it's the what the Ashura is based on. Do you know what the Ashura is? I do. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, you know, it's kind of like um, it's kind of like a cross between like the the Passion of the Christ and the Alamo. Is kind of what the Ashura is. You know, they make this last stand. They're killed to the last man. And this is a great martyr who's like the founder of Shia Islam. You know, and uh, it's so it's it's a very important city. And they would, uh, you know, they were they were prepared to fight for it, and we weren't. So there was like a little deal that was made up, you know. So we're, we're going to go in there, and you know, we're going to be able to go in and go out, but we can only really leave, go in one way, leave yeah, the same yeah. way, and we can't get involved in that city. So I mean, this Blackwater guy, if we had just been like, hey, you know what, that's a good idea, let's go on a, like I don't know, like what, what do you wanted to do, like go on a panty raid or something, I don't know, but. <laughs> This guy was a real creep. I don't know. He just wanted to kill somebody, I suppose. But, um, you know, if we had done that, geez, Louise, could you imagine? I mean, it would have been uh, a disaster. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, so, I mean, it's just crazy, right? Because you, you remember it's like when they, when they did the nuclear deal and the, all the money went to Iran, yeah. right? 
And they're like, oh, this is crazy. Like, we're going to make the Iranians so much stronger, you know. And we can't, it was like, the Iranians were already pretty strong. The Iranians were already so strong that, like, we were just like, you know what? Have Karbala. Have Karbala. Yeah. yeah, we, yeah. Don't, we don't need that, you know. And it's just, yeah, I mean, they were strong enough to keep us out of there other than that one little spot that we would go to. So, um, anyway, yeah. So you get out of the army. Of course, they set you up perfectly with a job in a hospital. You're on your way to a you know a four year medical degree. You know, four, eight years after that, you're gonna become an orthopedic surgeon, make five million dollars every year. Um, but you fuck it up by getting into heroin. Yeah, that's right. So yeah, I wasn't qualified for any sort of employment uh, when I got out of the military. I mean. Uh, the, the the most civilian certification they give you as a healthcare specialist in the military is when you get out, you have, um, what is it? Uh, see, this is how good it is. I, I already know what it is. Uh, EMT basic. You have an EMT basic license, which, you know, qualifies you to maybe drive an ambulance. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Our producer has one. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah. And then, I you know, I wasn't really cut out for the dead body thing. It just, I don't know. I just don't have it in me. Um. So... I kind of wanted to get out of the the corpse business, and uh, great way to get out of that is to get into uh, opioids. Yeah, right. Never well, encounter another corpse again. Yeah, I mean, fair enough. But uh, I mean, that wasn't really part of it. I mean, I yeah. kind of had it. I wanted to be a librarian. Couldn't get a job at the library for some reason. I don't know. I guess I wasn't qualified to work at the library. I didn't know that you actually had to have like a college degree to work at a library. I thought that, you know, you just like checked books out. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, you got to learn the Dewey Decimal System. <laughs> yeah. But anyway, yeah. So, yeah, I suppose uh, when I got back from Iraq, I, you know, I guess, uh, I mean, I'm not too proud of it, but obviously I'm not too proud of it. But I was, I had some, I had some issues kind of, uh, I don't know adjusting back to civilian life i think um you know in order to do what you do over there you kind of have to go to a place that is kind of um it's kind of far removed from where people at or where people are at in sort of civilized society i mean just kind of the i don't know being in a place where you could just spontaneously just make a decision and you know kick somebody's door and yeah, you know yeah. and boss them around and tear the place up looking for whatever and do that a few hundred times a day uh you're already somewhere sort of that's off the reservation as far as what's well, acceptable in a lot of guys society. come back too i mean you're talking about not adjusting to that i mean i knew a guy who had, you know i i think i was telling you about him and i've told liz about him um my buddy my buddy kane you know he would orphanage marine corps french foreign legion that i met him in syria and you know he he was telling me about coming back to america and it's like he fucking he shot a gun at somebody like his first like six months back from iraq and then like his buddies from like his uh that he'd been over there with started just robbing weed plantations like full-on like night vision like 
you know, going in there, that kind of stuff. And, you know, I'm sure they were doing it for the money, but also probably couldn't fucking, I mean, that's that's the kind of work they figured they could get. Uh, that's what you know how to do. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't know. I don't know, really. I mean, it's been so long since all that happened, and uh, I've had a lot, a lot of time to mellow out, but, I mean, the amount of aggression that is in you that you have to suppress... It's real. It's not a. It's not a good situation. Yeah. You know, if you've been in one of these line units, and I mean, we. I was just saying. I mean, not to belie what I was just saying about, you know, you. You're kind of like the junior varsity, right? They put to quote, yeah. you know, the greatest president in American history, but <laughs> the junior varsity, right? So no, but you're the junior varsity, and um, at the same time, I mean, it is real. Yeah, it's real. Yeah, I mean. People are being killed. Shots are being fired. Yeah, 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 yeah. And it's not, it's not, it's not normal. You know, it's not, well, it's normal there. It's not normal here. And, um, you know, that's where you're at. And, um, you know, so you see, you've got this sort of constant aggression in you that's sort of been instilled in you over a period of years. Yeah. Just I mean, the military you, does it very scientifically. Yeah. I mean, it's, yeah, it's, you're brainwashed. And, uh, you know, credit where credit is due. They know their business when it comes to that sort of thing. And, uh, you know, they know how to instill loyalty and they know how to, uh, you know, get you ready to do whatever you got to do and not even think about it. I mean, just kind of the... Uh, when you when you when you've been there and then you're not there anymore, it seems insane. And I think that pe- people who've never been there they they don't understand just kind of how insane it is. But it's just like you don't value your life, you don't value your safety at all. You don't care about those things. You know, you care about um not not caring. You know, not pulling your own weight. You care about you know, not letting, not letting, you know, the people you're with down, you know, I mean, it's, you have a lot of loyalty to the people that you're with, and, you know, you, you go to any extreme to, uh, you know, to have their back, and uh, so, I mean, you know, all that is true, um, and then sort of when you, I don't know, are deprived of any reason to be that way, you're deprived of, like, you know, the company that you were with, or, you know, you don't have any sort of cause. You're just kind of stuck in this kind yeah. of mode. That's just, uh, it's just an ex- kind of like in a, a very extreme and uh, awful perspective, really. That uh, there's not a lot of tolerance for. I mean, it's amazing to me that they, you know, they, this guy that you're talking about, this Kane fellow. You know, it's like over there. It's like, you know. Here's, you're good, you know, you're a success if, like, you you go to school and you get good grades and then you, you know, you have a good job and you make a lot of money and you have a, have a family and it's like, this is, these are things that are respectable and that's kind of like yeah, the pinnacle yeah. of respectability and it's like over there, it's all that stuff, none of it matters, you know, because first of all, you're not getting paid very much, so no. forget about the money aspect of it. All the sort of, you know, measures of, you know, what success is or what respectability is, you know, whatever. Uh, and in an infantry unit is, is like, what's, 
what's respectability? It's like, oh, well, you know, that guy's killed somebody. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. Or that guy, you know. Yeah, he, oh, that he, guy's he can, killed, you know, 10 people, yeah. you know. And it's just like those, that's like, you're a big, you're big shit. Yeah. You know, yeah, you're the yeah. guy that's like killed a lot of people. That's like yeah. big shit. People look up to that guy, yes. right? And, uh, yeah, I mean, talking about killing people. Exactly. And, and they call it stacking bodies. <laughs> well, what, yeah, I mean, whatever. I mean, I mean, it's just like, especially the, the people who had been through in like 2003, 2004. I mean, some of those guys, you know, they had killed a lot of people. It's a cane head, yeah. Yeah, and uh, so that is like, you know, that's a respectable person. Yeah. You know, so this guy Kane, he comes, you know, back. Now he's in the United States and he shoots a gun. He doesn't even shoot anybody. No, he just, no, no, no. You know, it's like my thing. I didn't even point a gun at anybody. I flashed a gun one time, seven yeah, years yeah. for this, right? Seven years just for waving. Yeah. Just like literally not even three seconds of having this gun out. And it's just like, whoa, 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 whoa. Like, yeah, what are you doing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm supposed <laughs> to be doing this. Yeah, like, what are you doing? Yeah. You can't do, what, a gun? Are you nuts? Like, what are you, like the devil yeah, or something? Yeah, and, you know, yeah, this yeah. this poor guy, Kane, he's just like, whatever, you know? Yeah, I mean, like, guys, what what's the big deal? Yeah. I just shot a gun, you know? It says, uh, anyway, I mean, it's just, it's, it's so, uh, it's so insane that they set people up kind of like that, especially... You know, because you're young, man. You're not. I mean, you know how you were when you were young. You, were, you know, I don't. I didn't know you when you were young, but I assume you were stupid. I, yeah, I, I, I was mean, stupid. It'd be safe to assume. Not <laughs> yeah. much has changed, but yeah. yeah. I mean, I'm not like saying that I'm smart now, yeah, but yeah, you know, yeah, I'm yeah. not as stupid, right? <laughs> so, but yeah, it's easy to get confused, I guess, and uh, you know, it's like kind of like. Well, I thought I was. I thought this was a good thing. Yeah, I thought this yeah. was like respectable, you know. And, well, and uh, there's like a certain safety, I think, that like when you when like, which sort of sounds perverse, but I mean it makes sense if you think about it. Like you know, when you're when you're somewhere where you might have to use a gun, there's like a real like security, at least for me, like a real like a security to it. You know, like there's a real t- you're never supposed to be anywhere without it. Like you don't even shit without it. Mm. Um, and then, you know, you have this thing. It's like it's like kids who grow up with a fucking teddy bear or something, like as this or a security blanket, whatever they call it. You know, and you get back to America and then it's like not only can you not have that, I mean some of these guys, you know, they fucking go, you know, move to these ranches on Texas or whatever. But like yeah. for most people, you know, they you go you go work at like a mechanic shop or like you go work at fucking, you know, you know, buy right or not buy right, fucking Probably not buy right, uh, but mean, like a, like pizza. a grocery store, make pizza or something yeah. like that. You know, it's like you're not exactly you don't have this like extra layer of security out there. Plus, you're all fucked up, too. You know, so it's like not yeah. only are like you brain damaged from seeing a bunch of fucking either guts in the ground or getting yelled at for years and years on end. Now you don't even have like the one thing that kind of makes you feel like secure and you kind of know your place. Yeah, yeah, and I mean the whole opioid thing. I suppose to me is just kind of I wasn't right when mm. I wasn't. Yeah. I just uh, I had a I had a real problem being calm, you know, and uh, you know I wasn't like I don't know. was it like they said nobody says I want to be a junkie when I grow up right yeah. it wasn't it's was like I just kind of felt calm you know like kind of euphoria it's like you know, for me I could clean my house I want that was yeah. Yeah, that was, it yeah. gave me that sort of like serenity where I was like, well, hey, I'll just put some things away, do a little bit of laundry, and I'm good. And, I, and you know, I had a little money saved up at first, so it wasn't a problem. You know, I mean, we're not talking about a long time. We're talking about a couple of months, but 
And it's, you know, of course, what I was, I was 21, 22 when I was getting out of the army. And, you know, I had, what, like, you know, 20, a little over 20 grand. I mean, when you're 22, 21 years old, yeah, that's a like a million bucks. dollars, yeah, yeah, you know? Yeah. I was like, well, this is going to last forever, you know? But I... I just like, yeah, I had this, it just kind of gave me this calm and this euphoric feeling. And I was, you know, sort of was, uh, I thought it would be nice if I could feel that way for the rest of my life. I could, I could handle, I could get through anything as long as I had, you know, I had that feeling. I mean, that's that's the only time in my life where I was like, I should go to college. I was like, I feel like I could do homework like this. It was not true. I ended up just taking a swim class, but, and I know how to swim just for our listeners out there. I know how to swim. I just wanted to use the pool and I could get the PE credit at CCSF. Also, there's a picture of OJ Simpson in the locker room because he's a famous alumnus. Yeah. yeah. But I mean, you know, it takes up a lot of your time being a dope fiend. You got to, got to wait around more and a more lot. Too. It's an, inv- I mean, it's like a reverse of investment. Like the more time you spend doing it, you spend on it, the more time you have to spend doing it. Yeah, and it, it, so it definitely, uh, definitely eats into your your productive hours. You yeah. know, when you're waiting in a car for somebody who you know wouldn't spit on you because you're you know a dope fiend, of course. Yeah. One of those great ironies, you know. Um, but anyway, um, so yeah, I mean, it's like it was, you know, if I were on, if I were on. Oxycontin, which is mm. kind of how I got into it. I was snorting Oxycontin. Oh, right? yeah, yeah. And it's like, you know, I could snort a little Oxycontin. And, I mean, I'd done drugs before I was in the Army. I'd done heroin before I was in the Army. But, you know, I just tried it. It wasn't, you know, it wasn't some sort of thing I felt was like something I could not do without. But, you know, I could talk to people and be like a regular person yeah, and yeah. be laid back and just not be a psycho. Yeah. I mean, for me, it's like, I felt so wound up since I was like, I think probably since I was about 10 years old. And it's like this ball kind of tightens and tightens and tightens further. It's like builds up this like uh, pressure. You know what I mean? It's like one of those things you squeeze until it gets like so tight that you can't fucking undo it. And then heroin just like obliterated that. Right. Or Oxycontin at first for me, like, yeah. Just obliterated that, and I could go to parties and be like, "Hey, how you doing? Like, I know, exactly. so good to see ya." You know, it's, it's that kind of stuff. Yeah, I mean, uh, people that people really underestimate. A lot of people start doing oxycontin because it makes small talk a lot easier. True. Yeah, that was the thing for me. Is just like you know, I was able to be like everybody else as long as yeah, uh, as long as I had that one thing. Yeah, and then you know. Gets a little expensive. Economics sort of started yeah. being an issue. And then I said, well, you know, think of all the money I would save if I, you know, was snorting heroin instead yeah. of snorting Oxycontin. And then I'm like, wait a minute, I'm wasting a ton of money snorting this heroin. I need to be banging this stuff. That That's way. the exact same yeah. route I went. Yeah. yeah. And then next thing you know, holy cow, man, you get it, you cross that line. And then, oh, there's no coming back. Yeah, yeah. You're like Jack Bauer every day, like you're cutting people's fingers off, and the the clock is ticking down. (laughs) It's like I got 12 hours before I start vomiting out of my eyeballs. I know that's (laughs) the thing is a lot of people don't understand the stress of being a junkie is like you got this clock over your head, right, and it's counting down everything. You're like, and everything is segmented in. For me, it was always six hours. It's like I need six hours between doses because I know it's always going to take longer. And so it's like I do. I can sh- do a shot right now, 
and I have six hours in order to get some more, to get some money to get more so I can get well again in six more hours. And so your life is segmented to these six hour blocks. And that like, you know, that's, I got to say, not to, you know, not to be whatever about it, uh, but you know, that's a little stressful. Yeah, it is. Um, also, you, your job prospects start thinning. I mean, that's the thing about heroin. It's like, say your life is like 50% job, 50% like, you know, social li- or like whatever, 25% job, 25% social life, 25% family, 25% like, you know, trying to be an artist or whatever. The more you're on dope, the higher percent the dope takes up, you know? And yeah. so like dope starts eating into one of those things, into both of those things, into three of those things, to all four of those things. And then eventually dope's just 95%. Yeah, you're getting dope or, you know, you're sleeping. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so you start, you rob some banks. I did rob some banks. It's true. Um, yeah. Yeah. I don't know what was it was. That? It was, it was, um, uh, I guess the first time I robbed a bank, I was kind of nervous and then I was kind of surprised by, you know, I just kind of assumed I was going to get caught. Safe assumption. The only one guy I know how to rob, or that I knew that robbed the bank got caught in 10 minutes. Yeah. And I got away with it. And then I was like, all right, that was kind of a one off. And then couple months went by i was hot up see the the thing yeah i mean there was a couple unexpected calamities that sort of pushed me into it so it was a fix for a situation that i was in um yeah just kind of uh i was growing weed and i sort of fucked it up and uh so that was kind of like a source of my income and then the other was uh gi bill and I fucked that up too. I mean, I was back getting it again, but I had to pay it. Well, anyway, it was a one-off. And then I got away with it. And then I was fucking up again a couple months later. And I was like, well, you know, one one more wouldn't hurt you. And then I got away with two. And I was like, you know, this is kind of easy. <laughs> um, you know, because I didn't, you know, it wasn't like I was in there with the, you know, it wasn't like I was like fast roping out of a fucking helicopter. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The was, guy who stole Guy Fieri's Lamborghini put in much more effort than you. Sure. And, you know, it's just like you walk in, you walk out, you know, you take a couple grand. What was it? You know, maybe like 5000 on say, a good day. Liz and I have talked about this, but you don't make that much from a bank robbery. Like... Unless if you do it, whatever, but yeah. Yeah, unless you do it big, you know, like fucking dog dog day afternoon style. Actually, I'd never finished it. I don't know how much money he got. Yeah, no, I was just, yeah, I mean, it was always like the last one. It was always just like, I need a couple thousand dollars, you know, get me through a week or two of this. And, you know, then I'll stop doing it. And I was always in the act of quitting heroin. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know. I was always in the act of being like, man, next Friday... I, I'm done. Like yeah. it's this is it. it. Was I better the enjoy last this. Time. Yeah, it was always the last time. Every shot was like the last shot, mm-hmm. and then I'm gonna get serious. I'm gonna get get right, and it just was like so. Yeah, I mean, I'm gonna go in. I'm gonna steal a couple, steal a few thousand dollars, and uh, 
you know, buy heroin for the last time, get a good bunch of it, and, mm-hmm. you know, kind of wean myself off. And, oh, that uh, never, I could never titrate. That was always, that's yeah, out the window. But yeah. I told myself I could. Yeah, I mean, but, yeah, I mean, I guess the, the thing that I didn't kind of take into consideration is that I was completely out of my fucking mind. Yeah, well. And uh, that was, you know, that was kind of the fly in the ointment was uh, insanity. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. So... I mean, that's to me too. It's 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 just astounding when you're a junkie the kind of lies that you can tell yourself with such consistency, right? Because you'll lie to yourself, and then you'll know you're lying to yourself, and then you'll prove you're lying to yourself, and then you'll tell the same lie to yourself the next Monday, and you'll repeat that. I mean, I've seen people repeat it for years and years and years and years. Be like, no, I'm like quitting, man. Like it's I'm all good. I mean, that's why eventually I just gave up telling the doctor. You know how doctors are always like, you're trying to quit smoking. I'm like, yeah, yeah, I'm trying to quit smoking. And then they'll send me a bunch of nicotine patches. And I'll be like, now I'm just like, you know, I'm not trying to quit smoking. I'll quit smoking eventually. I but. tried to quit smoking last month. Yeah. New Year's, it didn't work. Yeah. Uh, I, I made it a couple of days. Liz was the only person I know who's ever quit smoking. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no. Uh, congratulations on that. I, I couldn't couldn't do it it's you know talk about addicting yeah little prison story right? yeah you know what you do in prison or in federal prison it's well, hard to get you can't stuff. smoke right well you can but you know somebody's got to steal the the dip you know the guards they dip and they yeah. spit in the bottle and you steal the bottle you get the, the dip out yeah and then you dry it and then you dry it and then you roll it up in a in the wrapper that toilet paper comes in you know Huh. Yeah. And I was, you know, I remember coming to jail. I was like, there's no way I would ever do that. And sure enough. Well, that's the thing. I mean, that's, yeah. that's, that's, that's something you learn as a junkie is there's always, you're like, you know, I will never do this. And then eventually you kind of run out of yeah. never. Then I was the guy drying the spit. Exactly. Out. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Like I went from the guy like buying the dry spit and yeah. then like, you know, I'm in there like with the, with the, <laughs> whatever, with like the, you, get a bowl of hot water you put a bit of plastic over it, you drop the yeah you drop the the dip on it and the heat comes up and it, whatever you know well so that's yeah so so skipping ahead a little you get arrested um you go to fucking prison you get what nine years i got 11 years 11 years yeah and uh and how how was prison you dig it uh I was, you know, I, I wasn't much of a criminal, you know, I didn't have any sort of uh, prior offenses, anything yeah. that would jack my security points up, I mean, so I had like 16 security points, so I went to, there's a minimum, there's a low, there's a medium, there's a high, it's yeah. like, you know, minimum, I don't know what that is. Jack Abramoff. I've never been, but like, yeah, low, uh, no, I think Abramoff, he went to, because he got enough time, see, too, if you get, like, over 20 years, you got to be at a medium. Yeah, because I think you're going to... If you have under 20 years, you, 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 you'll you be at a low, unless you have a lot of, like, whatever, a lot of uh, offenses yeah. previous to the one that you got yeah, locked yeah, up for yeah, this yeah. time around. And even the medium, you know, the medium is really not that that terrible. But when you, I guess when you, and I've never been to a USP, a United States Penitentiary, the high security places, but, you know, those are the ones where it's like, you know, people getting stabbed up all the time and, you know, then somebody gets stabbed up and then they're locked down for, you know, three months or something in their cell for three months, eating bag lunches and stuff. But, I mean, where I was at, it was... uh I mean, it was easy. It just took a long time. And I mean, when I say it was easy, I mean, it was it was safe. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's, uh, 
it's crazy, uh, this prison thing. Um, you know, when you, gotta, when you go through the whole prosecution, you know, they, uh, they just try to convince you that you're just like a complete waste of life. Yeah. And you really start to believe it, too. I mean, it's like they're going back. They're like looking at what kind of student you were in school and stuff. Like, you know, they really dig. And it's just kind of like you're not really on trial for what you did. You're kind of on trial. You're just kind of like it's really like you're not defending yourself in a case. You're defending your life. Yeah. You're defending who you are. So they're laying the whole thing out. There. Yeah, it's basically what it come down to. Like, are you a dirtbag or are you, you know, a good guy? Mm-hmm. Whatever that's worth. Your record pointed a dirtbag. Uh, yeah, I mean, the needle was breaking off. It swung so far to the dirtbag thing, you know. And that was too bad. Uh, so, you you know, you're a dirtbag and you go away. It's, it's crazy, you know. I mean, it's weird because, you know, it's just so many people in prison. <laughs> it's just... <laughs> Famously in America, that is true. There are so many fucking people in prison. You know, and it's just... So, it's like you, th- you see kind of like movies about prison or whatever the uh, i don't know the popular culture version of prison you know and it's you know just kind of like you think that is like the first time you take a shower you're going to be raped by 20 guys mm-hmm. you know or something right that's like the myth it's yeah. like we're all sitting in prison and it's just like we have like a you go to prison suddenly you just can't you can't not rape somebody exactly you know? that's well that's i mean i think that's like the one thing yeah. That is sort of like most f- present in popular culture that if you're a man going to prison, you're going to get raped. Yeah. I or mean, you're going to do some raping. Yeah, this is it's not the case. You yeah. Know? But I mean, it, but again, it's like these myths. It's like we were talking about before, you know, you're in the military, right? You're in the U.S. Army, like the most prolific murderer of our times, <laughs> you know, the United States military. And they're like telling you that... uh that the Iraqis don't value human life like we do. Yeah. You know, and then, you know, you go to, you go to, you go to the prison thing and you got the same guy. Yeah. You know, the, the same guy who, you know, over here, he's killing a bunch of people over here. He's got a bunch of his own kids locked up somewhere. Yeah. And he's, you know, he's telling everybody else, he's like, well, you see, I mean, you know, the, you know, these people, you know, they'll, they'll do terrible things to you. Yeah. It's like, meanwhile, they got like, you know, hundreds of thousands of people like locked in a... Yeah, you know, yeah. And, you know, they're just like, just, you know, malnourished, sick, you know? Yeah, <laughs> just yeah, yeah, yeah. Locked yeah, up for, yeah. you know, 30 years for, you know, I mean, like, what, in California, right? You get like three strikes, no matter what it is, you're you get a life. You're fucking famously you know? guy, piece of pizza stuff. Yeah, and it's just like, you know, oh, yeah, these are bad dudes. And it's like, what? Like, but but aren't you the guy that's got like 100,000 people locked in a cage? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. But what, what, don't worry about me. These guys, they're bad. And I swear, if you, if you give them half a chance, they'll rape your face. Yeah, I mean, well, you, I mean, I gotta say it's like you know you you've had the misfortune of of kind of having to blindly walk through two of America's like biggest yeah. uh, most prominent and both mythological institutions yeah you know the army and and prison mm-hmm. and so and of course actually the third one the opioid epidemic yeah it's all bullshit <laughs> yeah 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 and so yeah it's uh, I mean you spend nine years in there write the book people seem to like the book 
you get out and now you're in this fucking world yeah yeah um yes yeah, a lot's changed too a lot's changed since uh yeah since then it's it's crazy because you bisexuality's when you're, when you're, when, back in well when you're in prison right it's like you kind of know that you're in prison so like when they're giving you the bullshit like you know what's up yeah because like you're very much like you there's no mistake about it like you're in prison yeah 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 you know yeah, yeah. and it's like out here in the world it's like the people are being fed the same bullshit but they don't know yeah <laughs> and it's crazy well that's the thing about being in like in in i mean there's a certain like you know not to use this you know the big podcast word or whatever there's a certain solidarity you feel with people when you're trapped inside with them you know i've never been to prison but i've been in a lot of places I could not leave for long periods of time. And like, you know, you sort of gain this kinship with people that you're in there with because you're like, well, listen, like we all know this is bullshit. We all hate it. And we kind of are on the same level in, in that way. Even if you don't like someone personally, like, you know, you're at, you're at least on the same sort of like level and you're experiencing the same shit as them. And usually, you know, there's a certain, there's a certain amount of like uh, agreement you can come to. And then when you're outside, you know, maybe not so true. Yeah. I mean, it's like, you know, it's, I don't know. Again, I mean, it's just like there's this Stockholm syndrome, you know, that that you even get in prison. I mean, and you're aware of it, though, and it's now it's like, you know, you come out here and you see it, and it's the same thing. I mean, it's like you got people who are just captive. Yeah. And it's Stockholm syndrome, you know? I mean, I think, you know, we're talking about what America does overseas. Yeah. You know, just the constant... What we're a twenty year murder marathon right now, right? And nobody wants this, you know. But like they live with it, they're yeah. able to rationalize it, you know. And it's this kind of again, it's like you're you're a captive, you've got no power, you know. So you you kind of like you know develop, you like try to look for or, or, I don't, but you know, it's almost like people like try to look for you know affection. Some sort of affectionate feeling towards you know these fucking monsters that are in charge. Yeah. I mean, it's like you know Joe Biden. I was about I, to say you vote for Biden. No, fuck no, man. <laughs> I can't vote. I'm a yeah. fucking felon. But, oh yeah, yeah, duh. yeah. So, yeah, but yeah. yeah, well, you could do voter fraud. I mean, yeah. Well, yeah, right. Yeah. Maybe now. Yeah, it doesn't stop anybody else from voting for Biden, right? But um, <laughs> dead people vote for that. I was guy. about to say you probably know a bunch of people who voted for Biden. Yeah, but anyway, yeah. I mean, it's just like this guy, right? I mean, I don't know. Donald Trump was awful. He was yeah. terrible, you know. But that, I mean, listen. This guy, <laughs> he's not your buddy. No. You know, but everybody, oh, I mean, people like dancing in the street. Yeah. I dancing in the street. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah, yeah. Joe Biden, I mean, it's like, and this is the left, you know, I thought, like, what? Like, yeah. I thought that was like about, like, you know, I don't know, respecting human rights. Yeah. Things yeah. like this, but, you know, basic stuff. And, you know, 40 days later, he's just like, you know, Throwing the murder switch. Bye, bye, back at the Shia militias. Throwing the murder switch again. Yeah. Was that a little nostalgic for you? Were you like, oh, look, they're still doing this? <laughs> I mean, when did they stop? Yeah, yeah, you know? yeah I mean, yeah. It's, it's, it's been steady, you know? Yeah. But it's, it, and it, is, it doesn't matter who's in charge. I mean, it's so crazy because, I mean, you see, again, coming from prison, like you, you, it's like you see the same tactics in prison being used. You know, it was about kind of dividing people, dividing people, uh, you know. Yeah. And it's like you literally have like 
what what is the difference between what has changed yeah between yeah. trump and Biden? it's the same guy yeah you yeah, know? yeah it's like literally it's like somebody is like you know like he puts on like a different colored tie and goes and talks to some people and is like you know hey listen these guys over there they're fucked up yeah you know, they're, they're not like us and then like you know he it's the same guy and he just changes his tie and then he goes across and he <laughs> talks to the other people and he's like man i was just talking to those guys yeah man. they Bunch are of bastards they are rotten to the core <laughs> well that's the thing it's like you know we live in yeah it's like you got two choices yeah murder and murder yeah yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> i mean you got this murderer or this murderer take your pick what do you want well i know you you know you we've talked about you know you're you're particularly enamored with bolivia yeah and and uh i can't imagine since you've been out of prison the news for bolivia hasn't well until it's improved recently, it's yeah. improved a lot but for a while there was not looking so i good. was very yeah i was kind of pissed when they did that coup you know yeah because yeah, it was you know i always liked it because they didn't have a u.s embassy there i was you know way to go way somehow they where there's a will there's a way I think the whole coup thing, I think it was what? They had uh, a lot of alkaline, I guess, whatever. They're trying to get the... The, the mines. Yeah, yeah all lithium. the... Uh, no, yeah, 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 exactly. They want the batteries, the electric yeah. cars, the electrification of anything. So they're like, you know, all of a sudden, hey, wait, you know, this landlocked third world kind of yeah. economic undeveloped country, whatever yeah, you would yeah, say. Yeah, I don't yeah. even like saying third world because yeah. let's be honest, like people there got their finger on the pulse a lot more than your average average yeah person on the street yeah. in the united states they probably have a, a more sound grasp of reality but in, in instead of here where it's just kind of like a fairy tale that yeah. everybody agrees on but uh yeah i mean you know and it's again it's just like divide and conquer thing here what is like you know i think there are people who really mean well and that's the that's the terrible thing there are people who mean well and they think they're doing good and they're just like oh you know we gotta you know, nobody's talking about taking... Here we got, like, socialism for the rich, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like the mega wealthy. Yeah. Not like the middle class, the upper middle class. Like, you're one of those people. You're getting, you know, you're getting hosed on the taxes and everything. And there in Bolivia, it's 13% is the income tax for the country. It's 13%. Mm -hmm. You know, so these people here, they while out. It's like, oh, socialism, you know? They're going to take everything that you own and give it to somebody who you hate. Yeah. And, you know, over there, it's just like 13% covers it. Not bad, what? yeah. I mean, yeah. you know, I don't know. It's, uh, but, yeah, I mean, you know, nobody's going to take your stuff, you know right? Yeah. And, but, um... Well, I'll take some people's stuff, but it's well, I, yeah. further down the line. But, yeah, I mean, this whole, you know, people hear about socialism and they just, like... It's like they imagine some sort of nightmare, you know, where like there's like some like mob showing up at like whatever, like Flatstone Landing or like, yeah. you know, Brook Creek. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> the community. Sounds all right to me, but yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah and they've yeah, got like yeah. the pitchforks, you know, and like they're, they're taking your, they're towing your car away yeah, yeah, and, they, yeah, you know, yeah. they're cutting your, ki your kid. Yeah, your throat, your yeah. kid's throat's getting slashed yeah, on the, yeah, on the, the lawn. Abattoirs. Yeah, and it's just like, yes, what, like, what is this fear of this? You know, like, how about like, just like, I don't know. I mean, we have enough to do it right now. It's just like, all we get for it is, we pay some there's so much taxes going to the government the government's getting so much money and revenue and uh, but they just they spend it all on on bombs well, yeah <laughs> and training up uh you know yeah. hard-eyed killers like you yeah exactly man you know it's <laughs> yeah <laughs> i mean that's the thing is like yeah it's 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 you know you start to feel sympathetic with like you know real libertarian type people you're like you know what actually 
I do hate. I hate the government. I don't think they should get any fucking tax money. Um, yeah. But yeah, I mean, is it has it just been? I mean, because you've been out for what, like, I've how been, long you been out? I got out of the halfway house on April first of twenty twenty. Yeah, yeah. So that's kind of as long as I've been relatively free. I'm still on supervised release. I got to get like permission to leave Northern Mississippi. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, you're in Oxford. Yeah. Class. I'm actually, you know what? I feel like probably in every interview, people are like, you know, William Faulkner lived in Oxford. <laughs> yeah. Um, Little known fact. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But uh, but due to some of his language, actually, we don't mention him on the show. Um, sure. But uh, so there's, uh, you know, you've been out for, you've been out for like a little, I guess over a year. You got all this attention. You know, the book's real big. They make a fucking movie. And I, the question I want to ask about the movie is like, you know, they got this guy playing you. Right? Uh-huh. Is it weird sort of seeing like, because this is, you know, Cherry, I guess, is a novel, but it's like based on like, you know, sure. reality. Yeah. And is it weird sort of seeing like this guy basically supplant you in your own memories? Like, in, you know, in, in sort of the popular mythology now of this is like, you know, if they put out a book, like a novel, not a novelization, but like a tie in, you know, version of the novel, you know, it's going to have his face on it probably. Um, you know, is that like, there's like a certain like Philip K. Dick kind of quality of it where you like, you just see this like, not only normal, but British version of yourself replace you. Yeah. I mean, it's definitely surreal. You yeah. Know? Um, yeah. I mean, he's got a lot more fans than I do. It's, Tom Holland? Oh, fuck yeah. He's yeah, got like yeah. 30 million followers. On, I'm not, I don't even have a social media account. Yeah. I mean, you know, he's an entity. I'm a nobody. Nobody cares about books, you know. Yeah. They just don't. They don't read them anymore. Uh, that's probably not what I should say. Actually, everybody cares about books. And if you haven't bought the latest book. Books are in. Released by Penguin Random House. Uh, you're missing out. And uh, nobody's going to think you're cool. But also nobody reads anymore. Yeah. So being an author, it's, it's not like, you know, whatever. Yeah, it's, yeah, yeah. You know, and then you see this movie guy and. You know, he sort of glides in. I've never spoken to him in my life. He never gave you a call? No. Huh. He yeah. called me. Did he? Yeah. Well, you know, you're, you're a podcaster, man. That's true. You yeah, know? yeah. Well, I mean, we were doing the Spider-Man. Well, it was a Spider-Network thing. You thought it was a Spider-Man thing. You that's the, that's the yeah. new thing, you know, podcast. That's the hot new thing. Books. That's like, what? Books. All news. All right, Grandpa. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> Grandpa, we don't want to hear that. So, yeah, I mean, uh, so he's a lot, uh, yeah, he's just kind of like a more successful, better-liked version of myself, I suppose, is what it is, really, like yeah. you said. And, uh, yeah, I mean, that's, whatever, what can you say about that? Uh, I think it's something that everybody should experience. <laughs> yeah, everybody <laughs> should should have someone, some, have Tom Holland play him in a movie. Yeah. Yeah. I yeah. Mean, it's kind of like being on shrooms, except completely. Well, that's you know. what I was going to say. It's, I mean, because, you know, there's like billboards and shit for it. And it's like, you know, you see, you see basically this guy. I mean, does he look I'm, I'm like waiting you? for somebody. I'm just waiting to find out that I'm like schizophrenic and none of it's real. Yeah. Yeah. You know? And that, yeah, I'm actually like in a padded cell somewhere. Well, as a doctor, you know, you could self diagnose yourself. Yeah. I'm on, I'm just on Thorazine right now. There is no Tom Holland. It's like, what was that guy that did the I See Dead People? It's like a M. Not Shyamalan 
Shyamalan. Yeah, whatever. yeah. The little who was I can't remember. I never saw it. But yeah, I know yeah, yeah. So it's one of those. And then like the twist at the end is there is no Tom Holland. There yeah. is no movie. And I've been dead for uh, fifteen years. Yeah. In fact, Spider Man doesn't even exist. I didn't survive the crash. Nine <laughs> Eleven. <laughs> you're talking about. Uh, something. I don't yeah. know. Whatever you, whatever it is, you know. And uh, yeah, but. No, it is, you know, God bless them, you know, I mean, uh, the guys who made the movie, they wanted to make the movie, uh, and they did, and they did it their way, and like I said, you know, I've said this in a lot of interviews, uh, you know, whatever, I'm not the only person who's been to Iraq, I'm not the only person who's been addicted to heroin, I'm not the only person who's been to prison or robbed banks or done things that, you know, are bad and they're not proud of, you know, I'm not the only person that's just been completely i don't know humiliated by the state yeah yeah you yeah know? yeah i mean I'm there's not... a universality to a lot of it i mean yeah. the, the thing that's what i was saying about those institutions you know a lot of people have come up brushed against those institutions and they come off a lot worse for it for sure and you know the, and it's i don't know i mean it's it's like it's like you said i mean these are american institutions and you know you have these american directors you know, who want to make a movie about that stuff. Yeah. And it's not like it's my story, you know. I mean, it. you know, it's not like it's my, I own this story. I don't. Yeah. It's, uh, and their reaction to it or their interpretation of it is, uh, you know, their, their reaction to these things. And, if, you know, if they want to diverge from the way I did it, you know, it's, I don't make movies. It's not my, it's not my thing. Yeah. Cause my friend, uh, Oscar, they made a movie about him, and he was really, it's called Schindler's List, and he was just <laughs> devastated his portrayal in it. Um, well, I don't know. We should wrap up soon, so where okay. do you want to, where should we go from here? Um, I don't know. I Thanks for having me, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. like you said, I listen to the show. It's a great show. It's good that you have people who actually know, you know, I was, it's like, a, uh, there's so much, you know, there's just so much, uh, terrible information out there yeah just like i mean uh, people get their news from chris cuomo yeah yeah that's insane to me i mean that's like yeah what is that that's like getting your news from like biff from back to the future it's like (laughs) you know it's a very it's a very american level of depravity i don't know so yeah i mean i'm really glad that uh you know i'm really glad to be on this show i have a lot of respect for what you guys are doing and uh yeah, it's just, I don't know. I'm real grateful for, you know, being on here. Thanks for having me. Thanks for coming Keep on. Keep up the good work. Anyways, listeners, I'm not sucking your dicks here. I, I got to say, Cherry is a very good book. Uh, I dug it a lot. Uh, you've probably maybe read it. It seems to be a popular book. Uh, if you have not read it, I recommend reading it. Um, and uh, yeah, uh, again, my name is Brace. I'm a co-host of this podcast with Liz Franzak and uh, producer, of course, Young Chomsky. And uh, of course, all glory to God. Jeffrey Epstein.